You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocals of Cryptopsy, and you're listening to my podcast, Vox and Hops, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians and we talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. Crazy exciting news coming up in the next few weeks. I can't wait to share with you another first for the Vox and Hops podcast. I am super honored, super excited to share this news with all of you. Keep yourselves informed. Keep yourselves posted on the social media as you're going to see something amazing coming up. As always, if you would like to support the Vox and Hops podcast, the best way to do that is to go to the Vox and Hops Big Cartel page. For the next few days, you can get your water makes you rust when you're made of metal long sleeve. On November 20th, I'm closing the pre-orders for this sucker, and then it's going to be gone. This is a limited run, a limited batch. I'm going to be placing the order on November 21st, and then I'm going to get them, I'm going to ship them out, and I'm never making this again, so... Don't miss your chance. Don't send me some emails like you guys did last time with the Enjoy Life Metal and Craft Beer Vox and Hop shirts saying how much you want one because the options are not going to be there. It's going to be gone. Act now before November 20th and get your water makes you rust when you're made of metal. Long sleeve. Don't miss your chance. The link for the Vox and Hop's Big Cartel page is available in description of this podcast. Today on the podcast, I'm with Dante Dalton, the guitarist of Aluka and Gloom. This is Vox and Hop's episode number 85. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everybody? Today, I'm with Dante Dalton from Gloom and Alaka. Wow. That was great. Yeah. How are you doing, brother? It's good Pretty to see good. you. It's, uh, for everyone that doesn't know uh, out there, I toured uh, the United States with you two years ago on Devastation yeah. on the Nation, and uh, you and I hit it off. I would say so, yeah. I, I have <laughs> fond memories of hanging out on that ugly <laughs> bluish green turquoise bus yeah and uh you know we I, most nights i just hung out and talked to you so. yeah it was fond memories so so uh, i haven't seen you in quite a while last time i saw you was when uh, i was in baltimore right you came out for a bit you had to take off early because you had a long drive but you still came out and now That's you are right. in montreal yeah, yeah. tell everyone why you're here in montreal and what's going on well i'm here in montreal because i'm recording an album with my other band alica it's our second album uh with christian donaldson at the grid how easy was that was that decision to come and record with chris uh i just did a gloom album with him and it was an easy decision way before that like i, I met chris on the same tour and just also hit it off not quite the same way that I hit it off with you, but I did hit it off with Chris. And he was wanted us to come down. He said it would be... He he didn't like our guitar tone. <laughs> <laughs> Which happens so, quite frequently. Yeah. So he was like... He said he could do better. And I was like, I think it could be better. So I came. It was, and it was right. He was right. It was way better. Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with uh, metal musicians, my friends, and drinking craft beer. Today, once again on the podcast, I have, which is about to, it's probably the beer that I've had the most on the podcast, uh. but it's just because when I'm out at shows and stuff and I have to find a good craft beer to share with my friends, I like to give them the best. And mm. in my opinion, the Boreal Zunalgast IPA is one of the best and most easily found IPAs in Montreal. So here it is, the Boreal Zunalgast IPA. Cheers. Cheers. It smells tropical, fruity, delicious. Smooth, drinkable. A little bit it's dank. It's good. Creamy. I love it. It's good. I'm, I don't like IPAs, but this one's like really 
smooth. What's not bitter? Most this is like a, the East Coast IPA style, as opposed to the West Coast, which tend to be a lot more the hops that yeah. they choose to put in it make it more bitter. Bitter, like it, I, for some reason, it seems like the point is to be more harsh in the states. Yeah, it's a palate wrecker almost. Yeah, yeah. I think I just said something really deep. I feel like it. Yeah. I think I did. I think I didn't mean to do that, but I think I did. It's going to be like a back print on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should save that. Let's uh, cut it. Are you a craft beer enthusiast? I'm trying. What does that mean? How does that work? I mean, that means I'm from the, I'm from the country, so we drink Miller, light, and that's just what I've drank since I was drinking illegally. <laughs> so it's just like that's just what I've always drank. Like, but like being more on the road and everything like that, I, there's more and more people getting into craft beers. And uh, I realized I was just being closed-minded because they'd be like, I've tried IPAs and that's it. I didn't like them, right? But I didn't try anything else. But if it just isn't Miller Lite or if it isn't, I mean, I fuck Budweiser again. But if it, if it just isn't Miller Lite or Paps or something like that, I just like was writing it off. And what would be, what would be that first experience back in the day? Do you remember your first beer? Yes. Let's talk about that. Tell me the story of Dante's first beer. Like way, way That's right. back. Way back. Okay, so I think I was like seven or eight. And uh, my dad wasn't looking, and he was always drinking Budweiser. And I think this is why I hate Budweiser. So I just picked it up. And I drank a bit of it. I just took a small sip. And it was like the worst thing I've ever had. It was mostly just because I like always thought it was like some type of soda or some type of treat. Cause so you're like, expecting it to be sweet. Yeah, because adults like to drink it so much. So I was just like, it must be amazing. So I tried it and it was not. And to this day, <laughs> it's ruined Budweiser for me. I can't drink Budweiser. So, so it was almost like a blessing in disguise. Yeah. But the first time, like drinking beer because I wanted to drink beer and I knew it was beer was uh, I had I was living in this house with uh, one of my ex-girlfriends was from Germany and her family of course drank beer and her dad was from Indiana because he was he was in the military and then he met her mom and that whole thing and so they always had this 30 pack of Miller in their fridge and we'd go and we'd sneak the beer and we'd get like wasted on this Miller Lite. <laughs> and that was my first drunk experience was in this house with all these German girls. So, like, of course, it, it, I'm not going to say that. That's no. like the top. Yeah. I think you've, you've only gone down from there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, of course, I'm not going to say no. I've had some crazy experiences there. And Miller Lite was the thank. So I drank Miller Lite. But I'm branching out. I know that you guys make fun of me. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. You have to start somewhere. I do. I do remember on Devastation. I, I liked craft beer. I wasn't as nerdy as I am right now. Yeah. But uh, we drank your Miller Lights some nights. We did. Yeah. We we absolutely did. Yeah. We did. That's right. <laughs> there was so much of it by the end of it. That, that's right. That's right. The generosity of Bill. That's right. Yes. Shout out to the, Bill. Yes. Shout out to Bill. Let's see about uh, you talked about uh, growing up. What was the soundtrack of your youth? What was playing in your house? Ah, my dad was like a big Chicago and ACDC, Boston kind of guy. He like always listened to that. And Iron Maiden and Judas Priest were really big in my house too. So big guitar-driven bands yeah, was, yeah, is yeah. the soundtrack to your mm -hmm. youth. Oh, and Eddie Van Halen. Like, oh, fuck he yeah. loves Eddie Van Halen. So, at what age uh, did is it your father that ushered you into guitar? Yes. Uh, it kind of was. I, honestly, I have an older brother, 
So it's just like he would ask for all these stuff or all these things and he'd get it and then he wouldn't stick with it. So being like the middle child, you know, that means it's like, well, I got I spent all this money for your older brother. He didn't stick with it. And now we don't, you know, it was a waste of money. So it was way harder for me to get into music or get into anything because of that. So I think I got my first guitar when I was 13 and I had to beg every day for a year for guitar lessons. <laughs> yeah. But once I got into it and my dad saw I was serious, he was just like, OK, well, if you're going to play guitar. You have to listen to all of this. You have to play like that. You have to do all this. So he got me started on the right path. What would be that song back in the day that you, it's like a mountain. You're like trying to play it, but it's oh. just such a mountain. But nowadays it's laughable. It's like something you could just do. Oh, uh, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like eruption. I mean, eruption's still kind of a mountain, but uh, it was, uh, oh my God, I think it was, uh, it was a Jimi Hendrix tune. And then, like, I mean, when I first played, it was probably, <laughs> it was like a Smashing Pumpkins song. <laughs> really? That was, like, your yeah. first cover that, that you That was my first song. That you could play from A to Z. Yeah, yeah. What it song was, was that? Today, Smashing Pumpkins. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, that was it. And, and he, I was playing a lot of Deftones stuff, too, back then. What about your first bands? How did that all come about? Uh, there was a thrash band in my school. And uh, I wanted to be in a band. I tried to be in a band with a few other people, but everybody wanted to play like pop punk and stuff like that, or like Three Days Grace, something like that. Yeah, it's the country. That was big back in the day, though. Yeah, yeah. So uh, there, were, there was a thrash band in my school, and it was uh, ironically, or maybe not ironically, it was called uh, Semperfy. It was not military affiliated whatsoever, but that's like a big Marine Corps thing, and it was, but that's what it was called. But they were kind of playing like stuff that was like Slayer and stuff like that. So I went, they didn't want to give me an audition because uh, I, I don't think they just, they didn't know who I was or there's just people at school or in that school that played, there was people that played guitar and everybody knew who they were, but no one knew who I was because I didn't really put myself out there that much. But I knew I wanted to play Thrash. I liked Slayer. I liked Maiden. I liked all those things and I, I liked Sepultura a lot. So I knew I could do it and Bugged them for like a week, two weeks, went and did the audition, and, and that was it. I was in that band until I was uh, 20, and then after that, I met Jay and did a, another kind of tech band with him. It's kind of crazy stuff, like Dillinger. Really? Shout yeah. out to Jay. Love your brother. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jay's awesome. What is a band that you think uh, people are sleeping on now? Something that you like to listen to that you feel is not popular enough and should be much more popular? Oh, wow. I don't know, because I, I feel like everybody's doing so well right now. All the bands that uh, were probably like that a year ago, you know, are just doing amazing. Like, uh, like I feel like for me, that band was Rivers of Nile. Fuck, man, yeah. Yeah, but I don't think they're that anymore. I think they're doing fucking amazing. I think they're doing great, uh, you know. Absolutely. Shout out to the Rivers boys. Yeah. Love you. I mean, they could always be doing better, so let's, I'll still put them there, you know. <laughs> What's the craziest thing that's happened to you on tour? Oh, boy. <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> uh, I think my wife's going to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe my kids someday. It doesn't have to be bad stuff. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I don't know, man. I'm so fucking boring. I don't do anything. Like, I, I avoid danger at all costs. I literally avoid danger. I feel like you were on that bus with me that night. I don't what? think I've said this story yet on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> what is that? The Brian Adams story. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Brian Adams. Were you, you, was yeah, that was that? That was me. You, you were tell on that it. tour? Yeah, you tell it. No, no, I want you to tell it. You want me to tell it? Yeah. I was I was in and out. I was in a haze. There was a lot of drinking. <laughs> From what I remember, I think we stopped. It was a truck stop, right? And uh, this other bus pulls up next to us. And this is where I need help because I don't remember how it like came about. The our bus driver knew the other bus driver and wanted okay. windshield wipers, and he was going to give him his. Oh, okay. So they hooked up instead of just purchasing new window windshield wipers. Yeah. So it turned out that that other guy in that bus was a musician, also from Canada, I believe. That's right. No, the the, the driver had just dropped off. Uh, his artist yeah and he said that i'm gonna ah. throw out all of this stuff in this bus right so you guys should come on and, and raid our it. bus and we did take the food take the beer because i'm just gonna throw it out yeah so we crawl onto this bus our bus <clears throat> keep in mind was built probably in 2002 if that yes which you know when it's on the road 12 months a year goes into a lot of wear and tear right so our buses was a bit ratty <laughs> we walked onto a, a yacht with wheels yeah it was it was amazing. It was there was flat screen TVs everywhere. Really, I didn't get to go on. You didn't get on the bus. No, no, no. Oh shit! You guys left me. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> we grab all this food, all this yeah. beer, drag it back onto our bus. We end up finding out that the artist that he dropped off was it was Brian Adams. That's right. It the was, only Brian, the one and only Brian Adams. So all night we're eating his food, drinking That's his right. beer, and singing he, Brian Adams songs <laughs> until six in the morning. <laughs> he was living good man brian adams had it way better than we had it like <laughs> he had like all this premium shit it was all organic too <laughs> it was all organic <laughs> next morning we wake up and we say oh that was so cool last night to the driver i can't believe uh brian adams and he's like wait a minute no it was ryan adams ryan adams oh fuck that's and we, right and we spent the whole night just singing brian adams songs for nothing yeah we were fun. like praising brian adams <laughs> our savior i think we were just cheersing <laughs> him and, <laughs> and it was fucking ryan adams that's one of my favorite stories yeah, yeah. who even is ryan adams yeah, brian adams is where it's at yeah let's just say bro let's Let's just get rid of Ryan Adams from that story. Let's always say it's Brian Adams, no matter what. <laughs> what would be like a dream tour for uh, Alaka? Let's start with that band and then move our way to Gloom. Uh, well, I, I would, uh, I would, uh, man, I'd love to tour with you guys again. That'd be a dream. And then uh, Vader. Oh yeah, I love Vader. Yeah, Vader. Shout, shout out to Peter. Favorite. Love to have you on the podcast one day. Yeah, one of my favorite. I met them when I was sixteen. And they were, they were funny guys. They're really nice to these to a bunch of sixteen year olds. They didn't know. They let us come on their bus and everything like that. And and uh, we were just in awe because uh, I think during that time I was just trying my best to mimic anything they did, like that sort of that style of death thrash type thing and uh i was just trying to rip them off left and right if i could <laughs> just because it's like uh back then you know that was kind of just it for me all i was listening to was vader kind of around that time and for them to be such cool guys was just great and i think uh i said we said one thing to them and they replied in one way and i was just, i'm trying to remember what we said i think it was like we had read some article, you know, not knowing what to say and being like 16 or like, we heard that you said this album was going to be the fastest one yet. And uh, I forget who said it specifically, but he looked at us and he was like, you know, yeah, I believe this album's going to be the 
fastest one yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard though when you're young. It's 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 a, meeting people that you you oh, yeah. look up to is very intimidating and very hard. Yeah, you know it still can be. I find myself at moments absolutely. Yeah, yeah. depending on who it is, you know, like it's like. I never even saw doing myself. this when I do interviews with people and I'm, I'm sure. nervous beforehand. I can feel and I can hear it when I'm like uh, putting yeah. the episode together later, and it's always like I, I should have uh, put my shoulders back a bit more and just believed in myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just you be know, chill. There, there are people just like you and I. Well, I know. I'm sort of getting used to that. You know, I mean, even you're a big example. I listened to Cryptopsy a whole lot back then too. You know what I mean? And even like leading up to our tour with you guys. So that was even kind of surreal for me. This is surreal for me. No, to be honest no, with you. no. yeah, really. I'm you, nervous. You're, you're right one now. of the first people that hit me up saying that you like the podcast and that you'd like to be a guest one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, I, that. I didn't think I would actually <laughs> get to be one. <laughs> of course, it's easy, dude. No, you're a great guy. You've always been good to me, and I, you know, I want to support you any way I can. How hard? Is it being in two bands? Difficult. How do you do that? Not well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do what, it well. What, what, what is the consequences of being in two bands? Consequences of two bands is uh, they, they are, while aware of each other, they don't necessarily have to, to, to work around each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's just me. I mean, like, I'm in two bands. They're not in two bands. And I can't expect them to do that all the time. So, like, uh, writing albums... Like I like what I was just here a few months ago, and now I'm back here doing. That's another what I was album. thinking. I was like, you should have just track both right away. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's tough just writing, and they're not like very similar at all. No, how how would you classify each of them? Uh, I think Alica is more of a. It, it has more like groove to it in a way. It's kind of more in the vein of like bands like Thy Art is Murder and stuff like that. Whereas like. Gloom is a weird mess. It's like, uh, you know, I've got like my Opeth thing I like to do sometimes. and like some intronaut little intronaut woven in there. Yeah. Right, right. And, uh, you know, Bill's got his mix of stuff. And, and then Jay likes to write everything in five. <laughs> and it gets crazy. It's tool influence. Tool influence. So they're all very difficult. I, I find that things flow more freely when I'm doing Alica. So that's like easier to do, you know, like, and we live in the same area. You know, so we're always around each other. Because they're from Washington, they're from Baltimore. <clears throat> no, they're we're both we're all from Southern Maryland. Okay. Yeah, uh, we're all from Southern Maryland. Jay grew up around there too. Jay, the bass player, Gloom. But we're we're Alica stationed in Waldorf, Maryland. Technically, uh, Gloom is DC. Uh, but you know, so it's just they're two totally different writing process. You know, like I think Gloom takes me longer for sure. Is it because there's more chefs in the kitchen? Yeah, okay. I think so. And like, but I know I just think. If I can be honest, <laughs> Alico works together pretty well. Like, we just kind of, like, flow and flow and flow. Whereas, like, it's more of a process with Gloom. Not saying, like, it's a bad process, but it's definitely a process. <laughs> what would be some of those obstacles uh, that cause it to be a process? You know, have you ever been in a situation where it's, like, everybody came in and was real excited about making an album, but they all everyone wanted to make a totally different album? <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. It's like that. Okay. But like, how do you guys hash it out? What happened? Uh, mutual respect. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it, it takes a while. It's, like, it's, it's, like, it's everyone has to give a little. You got to compromise. Yeah. Like everyone needs to be a little bit disappointed. Right. For the whole to be happy. Absolutely. Yeah. But you kind of trust that, you know, everybody in your band is 
a really good musician, so they're not going to bring stuff that sounds like shit. Right. So even though you don't want that for that song, you just got to trust, okay, it sounds good. You know what I mean? They're gonna, they're, no one wants, we're all on the same team. No one wants to put out a shitty album. No one wants to go down the road. You know what I mean? Do that whole thing. So you just kind of put trust in it. And even though it's not what you had in mind, it's not what you were thinking, I mean, that's where the compromise comes in. It's like being in a relationship, right? With five dudes that yes. don't fuck you. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Not all the time. Not. It's bound to happen. Ollie is living it right now. Yeah. That moment when you get offered a tour for Alaka, a tour for Gloom. How do you choose? <laughs> and how do you find a replacement and go about doing all of that? Well, this part's actually really cool. But I know a lot of musicians. I could just get any... I'm sure I could get a bunch of just like musicians who are more established. But I actually choose to go... I, I teach at a school called School of Rock in Vienna, Virginia. And uh, I choose graduates from School of Rock, Virginia. That's and badass. I send them on tour. You know it's I mean? it's like, they're they're <laughs> the top of the class award. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. And they're they're like all the best kids. Like always been, you know, professional since they were kids. Uh, manage their time well. Learn stuff on time. You know, like I feel like we're just model students all the time there. And I'm just like, yeah, like as a teacher, you want to help them out. Your goal is to make sure that once they leave you. Because at School of Rock, they graduate, you know, and they'll go on. You want to make sure you set them up for good things. And if I'm in a position to do that, like I, I sent one of my students on tour with Alica, like twice. Uh, there's another tour in Europe. And how was the, it with the band? What did they... They were totally The vibe fine. was good, yeah. It was vibe. I mean, the vibe was good. I think it was good. Uh, I think at first... It's As a, a stranger, weird. like walking into, crawling into a van with a bunch of... It's the Dude, age. I'm, and I'm assuming that they're younger was my yeah. next thing. It must be awkward. They're, uh, this one was 19. Okay, at least there's no like paperwork and no, the no, mother's no. coming to inspect the van. <laughs> no, no, nothing <laughs> like that. They're adults. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, I choose kids of mine that are really mature as well. So, And I like I'll send them out and I like, shit, if I was 19 and someone did that for me. It was so hard to be able to tour and get into a position where I could do that. And, you know, like put them right, right on that platform. I put them right. Yeah, basically, you know, but I know that they can do good things with it. And, you know, like I thought it was it was such a hard climb to get here. Like it still is like just maintaining. Like you were saying I'm, something about Europe before I cut you off. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like, yeah, there's a possible tour in, in Europe that's pretty long, you know, and I, you know, I got the family and everything it's like. And maybe I'll send one of them to Europe. Who knows? Crazy. I'm, I'm just saying that because I hope they're going to listen and be like, what? What are the rewards? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mr. Dalton. Yeah. Practice your scales, kids. <laughs> you might go T to take, Europe. Take me through. You say they graduate. What is, what is the School of Rock? School of Rock is like something I wish I had when I was growing up. Right. Like, it was so hard to find a band. I don't know how it is where you grew up. I live in Montreal. There's, we, we got lots of bands and oh, lots yeah. of options up here. In Southern Maryland, there's not shit. There's nothing. You know what I mean? Like, it, there's not very many bands. And they all survive off of the popularity of one band. And if that one band disappears, everything just falls apart. And uh, so there wasn't a lot going around back then, especially. So, so hard. Uh, School of Rock is like, they come... They take lessons and they have the opportunity to go right into a band at our school. It's not a band with just five people. It's like a band with like maybe 24 to 30. And like we set themes. 
So let's say we do like something. We'll do Led Zeppelin one day. Monday's Led Zeppelin. Tuesday's Pink Floyd. You know, uh, Wednesday's Black Sabbath. So forth, so on. Uh, as a student, you can choose the one that you want to do. You can join that, and you're with like-minded people that all like Black Sabbath, right? I assigned as the director. I assigned songs to you, and uh, you'll basically end up in like in this band of 24 kids. You'll end up in this every song. Uh, in a different band, sort of, with a different drummer, different, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll mix them all up. I won't keep the same kids on, you know, as a band. You know what I mean? If that makes any sense. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Right. So you get a chance to play with all of these kids, and you get a chance to meet them all, because we do this over the course of, like, maybe 16 weeks, you know, and then we go and we play a show, and we put them in real venues, like the Fillmore in, in, uh, in uh, Silver Spring, Maryland. Really? Stuff like that. Yeah. We put them in real venues, and they get the real experience. So it's like School of Rock, the movie. It's like that, except, you know, a lot safer. The kids are, old. <laughs> the kids are a bit older. And the, no, it, it, we, it goes from you can start when you're seven, and you can really? go all the way to 18. That's so badass. Yeah, so I have and kids. And it's after, like after school class. Yeah, basically. Okay. You still get your lesson, and then you get your group. And then, you know, you get awesome. a performance program. And then above that, there's audition groups, which I also run. And the audition groups get to go on tour, so we put them on tour, and they get to play. And then above the audition groups, with the audition groups called house band, and there's a junior house band. Above that is all stars, and the all stars gets to go play like open for like Metallica and stuff like that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. This is really cool. Yeah. yeah, it's a really good. And that's how you s- you choose your. That's Your little protégés. That's right. <laughs> That's who <laughs> tours for me. I have this stable of kids that will add a moment's notice. You're like, a, you're like a pimp. <laughs> <laughs> I choose not to liken it to that, but I see where you're coming from. <laughs> a lot of bands make craft beers. We did now. make a craft beer. Oh, so let's talk about that. In yeah. gloom. Uh, I think it was a black uh, wit. And how was that? How did it go over? I think uh, it was made by, uh, his name's Will Cook. It was at Fair Winds Brewery then. He's at Atlas now. He puts on cool shows down there all the time. Um, so check out Atlas Brewery, especially if you're in D.C. Uh, but he he made us a beer because he had these metal nights, and he'd done it for a few bands, and Gloom was one of his favorites. So he made us this beer. You know, Plenty of bands try to do something like, let's try to get the alcohol content to be 6.66. Yes, of course. be brutal. But we were like, let's just make it really... Good and really high. Let's do something that's like different because that's what gloom is. Gloom's different. We try to be different as much as possible. Um, and I think that's just how our music comes across. So he knew the music really well and he ended up making us this uh, black wit called, uh, it was called Iron Tongue. And Iron ended up, Tongue. Yeah. It ended up being, uh, I think, like 13%. Per- Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. It was potent. Crazy. But it was smooth. It tastes really good. It was drinkable, but yet still It was, oh yeah. What yeah, what, what a, would be a, a great beer for Alaka? What kind of beer would Alaka be good with? I mean, our vocalist RJ be the guy for that because he's actually a craft beer guy. Is he good? Yeah, he's a craft beer guy. Uh, I think he would say that it would be a stout, and the alcohol content would be. I'm going for ten percent. <laughs> yeah, ten percent stout. Ten percent stout. Crazy. I can see yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, it's heavy. I love my stouts. Yeah, heavy band, heavy beer of course yes uh everyone listening right to the end here uh, you're about to get a golden moment uh bill is uh i want to say the leader of gloom yeah okay what what is the, the the craziest thing that bill has done oh fuck 
<laughs> that you would like to tell the world? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he does so many crazy. <laughs> I love you, Bill. <laughs> He's great. So Bill's like super smart, right? And he could pick up any hobby at a moment's notice, and he will. And when I met him, when I met him, he was making beer. And he made some of the best beer I've ever had. He's actually thinking about opening a brewery now, which is great. Which is what I heard, yes, yes. Uh, he got into 3D printing. He got into making knives and swords and shit. Uh, now he's into firearms. But everything he gets into, uh, he finds a way to hurt himself. <laughs> so he's making beer. I watched him burn himself. Really bad on the stove. <laughs> He's burnt down stuff. No, oh, not yet. I was, I was thought that one day maybe he just burned himself. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, so he was making knives and swords and shit, and yeah, he almost cut his finger off, his thumb. He got into woodworking. He almost cut his finger, uh, cut his finger off. <laughs> he's into firearms now, and he's like, "You should come out and come shooting." I was just like, "No, no thank fucking you. way." <laughs> I'm just waiting. One day. Oh, we love you, Bill. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, and I'm stoked uh, about this brewery. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna come down and drink your beer, Bill. Yeah. Oh yeah. Me too. Dante, thank you so much sitting down with me, Vox and Hops. It was an honor. It's always good to hang out with my bus wife. <laughs> Cheers, brother. It's always good to be here. (laughs) Cheers, dude. Thank you for having me. Hey, thank you all so much for listening right to the end. Oh, Dante. How do I love my Dante? He's my bus wife. Uh, As we mentioned in this podcast, uh, we we spent a lot of time together on Devastation on the Nation. Uh, We had a lot of uh, really, really fun nights on that tour. Dante's got some new music coming up with both Gloom and Aluka. And uh, my guitarist and Fox and Hops alumni, Christian Donaldson, produced them. I heard the, some of those tracks last Saturday, and they're, they're really fucking awesome. So uh, very excited to see what's coming up for you, Dante. You uh, are a talented musician, and I'm super stoked for you. If you're a metal brewer and you would like to be a part of the Vox and Hops podcast, I have something very exciting coming up for all of you. Uh, hit me up at matt at voxandhops.com. Send me an email, and I'll tell you what my idea is. And we could talk about it further. This is something very exciting. You guys could be one of the first people to get in on this. So Matt at VoxandHops.com. That's M-A-T-T at V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S dot com. If you are a metal brewer, you like metal music, and you make craft beer, hit me up. I want to talk to you guys. I hope you guys have a great weekend. And remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hopsets. <laughs> This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.